are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Primal Radio, we're back. It's uh, Tom McGrath again, no Jim McCann again, same reason as last week, so I won't bore you with the details, but... We've brought another superstar in to replace him. Uh, you may be familiar with this man, a legend from California. Welcome to the show again, Jeremy Lynch. Legend. See, that's what I think my mother forgot when she named me, because it goes so nicely with <laughs> the other three names I have before my last name. <laughs> yeah, she might have called you Leg End, but not quite the same. Something like that. Leg Over, I don't know. <laughs> How are things in California, mate? I see COVID is hitting you quite hard. Well, it's odd because, you know, we have, I don't know how it is there in England, but we have the federal government's response. But then every state can respond uh, to the situation in their own way. Typical government response that you would expect, you know, it was like, we're going to start opening things up a little bit at a time, but we're not going to enforce masks. The numbers start going up again and people are partying and going to the beach and then they go, Okay, now everyone go back home. We're going to lock you down again, and you must wear a mask. And I was like, you know, would it make more sense to start out a little bit more reserved and say, well, we're going to open things up. Try wearing a mask for a while, see how that works, and then we'll then we'll remove it. No, they didn't do that. And then all they report on is the numbers of cases. Even where deaths are dropping, the news just continues to report the numbers of cases. And of course, the te- there's more testing. And so people are getting pretty, pretty upset in California. And we're, we're one of those states that is seeming to have a much higher level of the numbers because people were so tired of it. They just started partying, going to the beach and rolling around on each other. <laughs> I heard about the concept of a COVID party that they have in America where yeah. if you get ill, you'd go and infect all your friends. So you build up the herd immunity. Yeah. Have you been to one of them yet? <laughs> I have not because I, I'm around enough elderly people and stuff that uh, I thought it would be irresponsible. But, you know, I personally am not all that afraid of getting infected. We're taking precautions. I do have some people starting to come back to my house and train again. I'll let you get into the show, but there's there's some interesting like new studies that they've just come out with. Uh, I just heard on the Tim Conway Jr. show. We'll stick it in there if we have time. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't want to do another boring COVID show. You can just watch the news all day if you, if you want right. to find out about that. So, um, yeah, go to CNN or Fox or the BBC or whatever you want if you want that, listeners. So, right. um, this week's guest, he's um, actually become a very good friend of mine and, and to you as well, Jeremy. He's one of the yes. leading Wing Chun JKD instructors in Germany. He's an all-around great guy. I'm proud to call him my friend. And I'll go into the details of how I know him and our story and how qualified he is in a bit. But welcome this to the show, Christian Kluger. Hey, guys. Did I say that okay? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. For a non-German, yeah. <laughs> pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> the guys. good thing about interviewing a German guy is they always have amazing English. Yeah. Yours is excellent, right? Okay. I, I hope I can do this well here yeah i'm a bit nervous because my first show to do this online and it it's an honor to join you here yeah if you do a bad job i can fix things up with uh, a bit of editing (laughs) how's lockdown in germany are you like able to train you guys have done an amazing job in terms of like i think you've had like six thousand deaths whereas in england it's like seven million 
<laughs> yeah, no, we had um, about 8,500 or something, I guess, yeah. Here it's different because it's not everything ruled by the federal, so we had states and they had different choices, what they can do. So when I'm living in the south, so in Bavaria, and we are closer to Italy and closer to Austria, and uh, yeah, and they, they, they decided very quick what to do, and they did it um, a bit more strict, I find it. They did a good job. And now we are back to train. We can do training with contact sport. We just have to do an uh, hygiene stuff like disinfection and all this stuff. Yeah. So almost normal stuff that you usually should do. But right. some of us don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like washing your hands and don't spit in on each other's faces. And so what? normal, normal behavior. That's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> No bukkakis. <laughs> so and um, yeah, so we're back on training like for three weeks now for normal training, and the weeks before we train outside and uh, did some exercises without contact or with uh, social distancing. It worked well and it was fine. It was okay for the students, but after eight weeks, like the normal lockdown, everyone was like nervous to train again. So you really felt it. And then the first oh, yeah. three weeks, like my hometown, you've been both been here. Usually we have a lot of tourists here and it was completely empty. It was like like in a horror movie. Mm. It was really weird. Yeah. <laughs> and the Germans, I think they did a great job in the beginning and were very strict and keeping the distance and were very behaved. Do you think that's like a cultural thing? Like, do you look at the English or the Americans say, you know, they're idiots because they won't. You know, like it's in our nature to not follow rules. And you like <laughs> you guys are pretty good at following rules, but you look at us thinking like fucking hell, they they were always going to get <laughs> sick. <laughs> I don't think it's a culture of things. I work for the government here in uh, Bavaria, and I think they did a good job in communicating the problem. They made everything very clear and what happens and what can happen and why we do that. And and I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. So it's just my opinion, yeah. There are also some conspiracy guys here and they're like some weird stuff is going on somewhere and they try to introduce the new world order here in Germany and whatever. But um, I think it's not a real big cultural thing. It was basically the communication, how quick you decide. You say, okay, now let's do it and then we will figure out how it is and how it works. It's interesting, though, because here in California, and I don't know how, how it's been in England, you know, we now have where it's you must wear a mask. Like the stores are being told by the yeah. governor of California, put the yeah. signs on your door. They have to wear a mask now when they come in. Before, the stores could ask you to, but it was their own idea. People are still getting enraged mm -hmm. that a person at the store is asking them to put the mask on. First of all, knowing that the person that works there didn't make the rule up. They're, sure. they're just going to work. <laughs> And my wife just yesterday, Jenny was was at the store and, and a, a man and his wife came up and the man wasn't wearing a mask. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, you have to wear a mask. And he just was upset and cussing and, you know, stomping around. And it's interesting how that happens in, in various places. Other places, people get mad at you if you're not wearing a mask. Like it happened in New York. Everybody was going to stomp mm -hmm. this guy for <laughs> walking out with a mask, without a mask on. <laughs> yeah. But it, 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 I don't know, California, we have very extremes in sort of our culture here. But I don't know, it's, it seems like it went pretty smoothly for you guys. Yeah, it, it was smoothly. And um, in the beginning, I really thought all guys here took it very seriously. 
even the strange weird guys who are usually <laughs> up to this conspiracy stuff like you uh, <laughs> they, they also they had to do it yeah okay after yeah. a while and when you see nothing really happens so then the government has to decide okay we have to make it looser yeah we have to mm-hmm go a bit slower with the lockdown and they did it and I think they did a good job so I watched every press conference of our governor and it was good they did a great job it was fine and we could stay home we had everything so I was at home with my wife for eight weeks in a row and your baby and yeah baby he's almost he's three I was never so much into forests and uh, and (laughs) into We have to go nature. out every day, nature and walking and everything. It was also good for us as a family in this case. Yeah, yeah. I've got friends who've said the same thing. Yeah. To put into context, like you live where they film Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah, part of it. So they took some of the scenery here. Yeah, the castle. Yeah, it's like a really beautiful medieval town. Ten thousand people with a wall. Yeah. Tell us a bit about your city because it is. It, it's not city, even. Sorry. Your, what is it even a town at that yeah, size? Yeah, yeah, it's a village. <laughs> I know. I think it's a small town, so we have uh, inhabitants from ten thousand people, ten to eleven thousand, but we have uh, over one point five million tourists usually a year. So the COVID thing was not really good for our economy here. Yeah, because yeah. it's very based on tourist stuff, and all the guys who sleep here and the tourists. Are, leave their money here like the big americans with the big wallets yeah. like me <laughs> yeah. like you yeah uh, the Yankee dollar. and we have a we're here in, in franconia so it's uh, in, in the north of bavaria it's a rural area but very nice so we have a small town we have very good yeah very good scenery we have a nice valley here with the river and it's beautiful to live here and i and this at this moment with this uh coronavirus i really enjoyed to live here because <laughs> all the playgrounds were closed yeah everything was closed yeah my kid could not go to his daycare mother so we had to go out and it's like just a few steps just open the door i walk 500 meters and i'm there what got you into martial arts being in such a sort of safe environment it was a friend of mine and he talked about his brother and he did some weird martial arts and they kick and punch each other. And I was, I was very late. I was 18. I wanted to start it earlier, but where I grew up, so I did not grow up here. Always wanted to start something, and, but I was never really self-confident to do that. And then when I was 18, I went to an uh, introduction class. Yeah, and it was good. There were just some guys who beating the crap out of each other. It was basic. It was not very high level JGD or something, but it was uh, just like a street fighting thing. And I liked it, yeah. So, but it was not for me to, oh yeah, I have to go out on the street and have to defend my family because of that. No, it was just more for me to feel more confident. You know, I'm a small guy. I'm a tiny, tiny little kid, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get about i think it's like 50 something percent of our listeners in america yeah like 20 something percent are in the uk and then the rest is just spread over a load of countries around the world and i think germany's like in the top five always no, of like really nice. listeners i mean what's the sort of appetite for martial arts in germany like you know and what what do people t- typically train there 
so we have a lot of um, we call it fine. I'm not, not not sure what the English term for it is. So it's like you can go there and for very low cost you can train. Yeah, you can do some gymnastics or you can do some other sports like baseball, basketball, and all the stuff. And usually they have some chapters with taekwondo or karate or uh, judo. Is a big thing. Yeah, it used to be a bit. We don't really have that in the UK. Like Dita has that in, in Belgium, but it's, I think it's like sort of like a bit of a socialist yeah. sports facility, right? Very cheap. But we, we everything over here is more expensive. And this is normally the thing. So not about the self defense aspect. Usually, it's more like the how we call it budo. Like for a broad amount of people, they do some exercises, and that's it. So like judo or other guys like boxing so the traditional stuff who guys are competing with each other they are also big and big in the cities and it depends on the area yeah but it changed also now and wing chun is like a big thing here so and because of the history in germany you started out in wing chun right no i started in jgd actually Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it was 2003. I started in JGD with, with this guy, with the street fighting guy. And two years later, I got introduced to Wing Chun. And then I started this also. And I trained it like 10 years. When we first met, so you came yeah. to the Wednesday night group camp in Atlantic City, which is a real good one. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Blue had us doing this uh, training where you stand back to back and then you have to turn around, shove the other guy. Yeah. And then you start, start just punching and hitting each other. <laughs> anyway, it got out of control. Yeah. And a few people, like one guy, like I think broke his ankle. And like, I remember I got like sort of like mild concussion because like <laughs> I, my head got slammed onto the floor, but there was carpet on there. So it wasn't yeah, like that I remember, bad. I remember yeah. like thinking that was actually really, cause I was with, um, Mike Austin, who's actually been a guest on the show, like yeah, a, a yeah. big former big, police officer, big guy, yeah, guy yeah, just, I remember, yeah, yeah. just slammed me onto the floor. But I remember, like when me and you were doing it, cause we kept rotating, so you'd fight everyone, and you did like the Win Chung chain punch against me, and yeah. it was like I was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" A bit because like it's JKD, right? But it's like that was your default thing, so I assumed you were like a Win Chung guy. Yeah. And now, I know if I, like, fought you now, you wouldn't do that. Like, we, we were, like, um, yeah, we were training in Germany last year. Yeah. And you were, like, all unders and overs. So I'm bigger than you, so you've got to get around that limb, my yeah. sort of straight lead, yeah, 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 yeah. jab. And you were just up, over, up, over. And, and the angles you're cutting are so sharp now. But, um sorry that was a bit of a big long rant but like that's how we first met <laughs> yeah and we had like a real good meal there and stuff like mm-hmm. that and we, we got on very well but I, I guess for me a i thought you was a wing chun guy and b i didn't know whether you won these people you know you're just going to show up until you got your certificate and then fuck yeah, off yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we, there's been a lot of people like that but you, you know you really have been one of the good guys that's actually where he met me as well for the first yeah. time we did and, a test uh, in my in my hotel we did room. Testing, and I actually, yeah, we did like a private training <laughs> that as well. Sounds gay. Yeah. <laughs> why don't we just edit that out? Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was the test in the hotel room? Well, With the training you know, after training, yeah. It's prison based. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> test. You know, Dennis likes to have people break their ankles. The Wednesday night group has all sorts of initiation ceremonies that we can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Dennis got a real telling off then. He really hated it. He was oh, like, yeah. 
Dennis, you can't do this. You're breaking too many of the students. Yeah, I know. They don't come back. They, some of yeah. the guys come back if they still have a good ankle, though, you know. But <laughs> What was your impression of all that, Christian? When you, like, cause that was your first meeting everyone, yeah. I guess. It was a strange trip, so I was very nervous because um, I took off for just five days of work. So, and I think the training started on Friday. I just flew in the night before on Thursday, 11 at night. Yeah. I think the training started at eight in the morning or nine in the morning. Yeah. I was really, I was kind of nervous. So my English was not so good. And I was not really sure if my quality of my JGD is up to the standard. And it was just you as well. You didn't bring anyone with you. No, no. I just trained there for three days. And then the next morning I went back. Flew back to Germany and started working. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah. My impression was the people were very nice and open, and also Tim was very uh, open guy. I met him, you know him. He makes some dirty jokes with me and <laughs> how he is. Yeah, <laughs> Tim Taggart. Tim Taggart. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. It was good, tough training with not a lot of bullshit, blah blah. And I really liked the thing that. You have a lot of instructors who teaches one class and then you make a break, a short break, and then another guy teaches. Yeah. So I like that. I like that Jeremy did his thing. And then Dennis came with his uh, weird punch in the face <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I remember I still do this this drill when we when you stand next to, uh, so um, in front of each other and you slap the guy for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. just like on the cheek. That, 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 that. Yeah. And then the other guy, and you have to smile and say, "Hey, yeah, that's nice. Thank you, ma, and thank you, my friend." <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just when Dennis has had a bad night. <laughs> yeah, 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 that. yeah, that's true. But it, it was really good. And then he said, "Guys, you know, we're here to touch each other. You, when you enter the room, you can't touch each other. So just hit you." <laughs> I really liked the training, and that's why that's what is the reason why I kept doing it. What drew you to the Wednesday night group? Because weren't you like Jerry Petit lineage? With my first instructor, I trained with him and he did like, it was more like a self, self-taught JGD. Let's call it this way. So, <laughs> yeah. They did all the stuff like the, the right hand forward, the straight lead stuff and all the, the strong hand forward stuff. But it was more like a kickboxing approach or karate. Then he disappeared <laughs> yeah he disappeared <laughs> oh yeah sounds good <laughs> he disappeared <laughs> after a few years so i was his uh most advanced senior, yeah most advanced yeah. most senior yeah so and he had a ranking system with black belt so i was his black belt at his first <clears throat> and then he disappeared yeah then i just trained with the students a while for a while and then i was thinking hmm, i have to i have to hone my skills as well so and then i found Tarek. you you remember Tarek? yes uh, can I just interrupt yeah. you, though, because you've underplayed the story that I think is one of the best bits. Yeah. So not a lot of people know this about you, but it's like, so your instructor yeah. just <laughs> literally vanished yeah. one day yeah. and left you with the school. Yeah. So you go, he disappeared, but that you, he really did disappear. Yeah. And suddenly you were in charge. Tell us that story. Yeah. yeah. So it was 2007. So I trained almost five years or something with him. Shortly before I got my black belt under him, I never did a real test for a black belt. So we had a uh, Christmas party and then gave me my black belt in front of all of the students. I thought, man, that's weird. Yeah, why? Jeet Kune Do. Yeah, yeah, and Jeet Kune Do. I said, okay, that's good. He was a nice guy. 
Did you think you deserved it? No, it was too quick. No, it was too quick. That's very honest of you to say yeah, that. It was too quick because I was training for almost five years. I was good. I could. Yeah, I know him. <laughs> Jeremy, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, sorry, you know, I can hear like water pouring. Just, Sounds like you're taking a piss just on taking the radio. No, I'm sorry. I forgot to mute my camera. I'm just getting some water. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a fu- back, this is gonna be a funny show. Back, yeah. I'm drunk. You're you're taking a piss and no, no, look, poor yeah. old Christian. Yeah, Christian <laughs> telling his most emotional story and you're taking mm. a piss during the time. I yeah. sorry. I thought I hit mute. <laughs> the mute button evaded me. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> I really did sound like you were taking a piss. You know what? We as long as you don't show the video, nobody needs to know. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've replaced Jim McCann with like an even less professional human being. Yes. Like, How have I done this? Right. Uh, <laughs> right, Christian, okay. carry on. I, I, I might edit this out. I no, we're really in. interested. It's okay. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then so I got my black belt, and then I think two or three months later, we came to tr- to to our the studio where we trained. There was the same place where we've been last last year with uh, Dennis. Do you remember? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now the place you've been there, yeah. And was the place, and there was uh, the counter uh, on the floor, and uh, I came, and then the guy, the, the owner, came to me and gave me an, uh, how do you say, an envelope, like a, a letter, yeah, and said, uh, "That's from your trainer. Uh, I should give it to you." Yeah. I say, it's okay. Like a spy movie. Yeah, and then I we opened it, and then we we read it, and then it was like almost like. You say farewell letter. Do you say this in English? Yeah. Yeah. So when you say goodbye, I will kill myself. Yeah. It was sounded like this. So I have to go away, and everything was nice with you, and I hope you keep doing it. And it sounded like he will commit suicide. Do you know he's okay now? I hope there's not. He's okay now. Yeah. I'm still in contact with him, or right, again. Good. And then, how long were you out of contact with him? Uh, yeah, it was also a funny story. So let's do it the, the quick, quick story. Yeah. Uh, and then <laughs> I tried to figure out what happened, but he disappeared. He, he, I talked to his landlord and he disappeared. He just left his door open at his apartment and disappeared and everything was in the, wow. in the apartment. Yeah, it was wow. strange. Right? I got entry to do that, got some stuff out like for the, for the school and for the, like the contracts and all the stuff. So and then, so like five years later, I went. Uh, I was at a uh, at a meeting in a hotel with my job. During a break, I had time, so I was uh, typing uh, Google. I was googling it, and then I thought, "Oh, let's Google JGD in Germany." Yeah, and I typed the name in. Yeah, JGD Germany, and I typed his name, and pop, there was a website with him. I said, "This is my trainer." I got his phone number and I called him and said, hey, hi, no, how are you? And he told me, hey, yeah, I'm good, uh, Christian, blah. And then we talked for a little bit and after that we met. And then he told me, yeah, he he was uh, trying Arrested. to get away from uh, from German justice, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Chased. Yeah. It was genuinely yeah, he was... like he got in a bit of trouble with the law. Yeah, on the lamb. So and then and then he disappeared and he was trying to avoid to get con- convicted. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah and then they finally got him and then he yeah he was in jail and it's just thirty kilometers far from here. Yeah, where he where he sat. Yeah. What was it? Are we not allowed to know? 
No, it was not a big thing. I think some, I think he punched some guy in the face, and uh, he has some weird stuff, like some fraud, some small fraud stuff. Minor fraud and a punch in the face. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's daily yeah. life for Tom. Yeah, in, in California. <laughs> yeah, just one and a half years, and it's it's crazy. Yeah. So, but now we're still Christian, in contact. Didn't you have a vote? at the school to see if, if everyone wanted you to continue on as yeah, the instructor? Yeah, we had that because he, I was the most advanced student. And then after that, we had to come together. It was just a few students and we asked, okay, let's train together. I will be the guy who organized it, but I'm not the trainer. So I never thought that I'm above everyone. I've just thought, okay, let's keep the group together and train. And there's so still how- one guy in my school who trains with me. Nice. From that time? From that time. Yeah, he started before me. Yeah. Oh, wow. you started talking about how you got connected with the Wednesday night group specifically, you know, because you you got in touch with me before the seminar to make sure that we would meet up and everything. How yeah. did you actually get in touch with, like, like to find out and decide that you wanted to check this out and, and work with this? Yeah. So, and then I, after a few years, I had a guy uh, where I took some private lessons. It was Tarek. You remember him, yeah? And he, I think, he trained with Ted Wong a couple of times. And then he got some association with Jerry Poteet and with uh, Octavio. Octavio. Nice but, guy. you know, during the time when we trained, I feel, okay, I have to do something else. Sometimes when you, when you listen to your feelings and your emotions, you think, okay, maybe in the future we cannot really work together. And, uh, yeah, and that's, that was the reason why I got into the Chinatown JGD stuff mm-hmm. and did the lessons. One of you's got a dog barking in the background, so can you go and shoot that? That's a German shepherd, <laughs> dude. You might have to use mute, the mute button, Jeremy, until it's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, not, it, it's not my dog, but it is barking. <laughs> that's all good. With Octavio, so I've not trained Octavio, but like, tell me about what you learned from him and what he gave to you, what your relationship was like with him. I trained with him before Jeremy before I trained with the Wednesday night group because he was a, for a seminar in Tarek's school there. Yeah, he's more my body type. So he's also a small guy, lightweighted. He has some different approaches because he does a lot of the sensitivity stuff like chi and trapping. It's also interesting. It was not, nothing really new for me. Sometimes the approach was a bit newer yeah, or different. But he gave me some, some, some ideas like to be faster with your legs, like he with his fancy kicking. So he's really fast with his stop kicks, with his, uh, with his shinny stop kicks. And uh, yeah, he gave me some, some ideas for that. So I could copy some of his movements and uh, think about some new ideas. People like him and Tommy Carruthers, and I, I haven't trained with either, so, so I've, I've got to like get that caveat in. Yeah, yeah. Um, they look super duper fast and like really high skilled, but it's always they, all their videos seem to be against sort of like a static opponent. Yeah. Did you find that you could make that work in real life, or, or, or you know, seeing that in real life, how effective was it? So I never fought with Octavio, so we did never sparring or something, but. I feel that he has, a, he has a very good timing. He's really good in intercepting stuff. So when you take a step, he can really shut you down. That's what he really can do. He has his, some own movements that he does who really work for his body type. Yeah. And 
I think this is very nice. So he likes to cut. He likes to go down and stop it, and then like some very go tight into some uh, punches. That's what he can do. I think he can make it work for him. Yeah. Sure. But he's not not the type of guy who can go to the UFC or something. Yeah. So it's a different a different thing. Yeah. It is a different ball game. Yeah. yeah. Some people say that he's twice as good as Jeremy Lynch. Some people say he's three times as good as Jeremy Lynch. What would you say? Oh, no, no, I don't <laughs> say this. Yesterday, I wrote a, a text message with him, so uh, I cannot compare the uncomparable. Yeah? I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I like yeah, Otavio, yeah. and I kind of like Jeremy. What, what, what's your opinion uh, about You're the... quoting me. Why do you quote me on this thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeremy, what's your opinion about that? You, you met him. We did a, a yeah. two lineages seminar, 2016, I guess. Oh, I get to be the interviewee now. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I like Octavia, um, and it was good for me because I did not see a lot of petite stuff, at least not for a long time. You know, when I was first in Jeet Kune Do, I started 30 years ago, 1990, in the Wednesday night group, and of course, been reading books. I thought some of the petite stuff came into the garage. No. Bob Bremer and Tackett and, G- and Jim Sewell and Petit were all contemporaries, of course. And the Petit, like many of them, has a different uh, focus. Bob Bremer was very focused on street fighting, and he worked with Bruce Lee. And, you know, Bruce Lee was actually keeping notes. What a lot of people didn't know is he would write down every time somebody showed up, uh, there was a logbook. Bob had more hours than, than most people by far. And his focus was on uh, not only the street aspect, but on decreasing. And so some of the sensitivity stuff was not pushed with Bob, but also Bruce trained each student differently. Like if you watch Ted Wong, and, and let's say through my friend Vince Ramundi, there's different footwork a little bit, and there's a different way they do, let's say, a, a, stop, a stop kick, which is not one kick, right? But most people in, in our group favor the leg obstruction, which Bob Bremer got from Bruce Lee. And the people that are lighter and smaller tend to do a shin knee side kick. Yeah. They're fast enough to make it work many times, and they're all, but, but they also are staying a little range. farther away from their yeah. opponent. And so I think uh, Octavio and like Ted Wong are, are similar, and that, that, that might be summing it up too easy. But I liked him. You know, we hung out there, and uh, and it was good to see things that that were somewhat different than what I've trained. And you know, I try to keep an open mind and everything. And and he stayed, and and he uh, he he was very respectful and watched my entire sessions. But I had entire days where it was just me teaching, and Octavio stayed to watch and and was even commenting on stuff I was teaching to to the guys while he was teaching and referencing some of the things I had said. And so yeah, it was it was cool. But my focus is, of course, the Bob Bremer aspect, just because that's what I've done for 30 years. And I am still trying to learn from other, uh, you know, from the other guys and looking at whatever Bruce put down on paper, as well as I'm I'm researching my own experiences out there. There's various different lineages and often they don't work well together or sort of appreciate what the other brings to the table. But it's good to see events like that that you hosted, Christian, where, you know, you've got two different lineages, but sort of like working together and building that bond. And I think if that doesn't happen on a regular basis, JKD won't thrive or survive. Yeah, Yeah, it is. And it's just like when you're just talking bad about other styles and you're talking bad about others instructors, it says more about yourself than about the other guy. And that's... Yeah, I've got students that think that just yeah. because they learn Jeet Kune Do, they're automatically the best fighter out there. And many times yeah. they're not even good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like myself, so I we did with my first trainer, we did all, always some ground fighting stuff. So and when I got introduced to BJJ, I was like, okay, I'm fucked. 
I can do shit. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I know a real naked choke. I know uh, armbar. Okay. You know it, but you never get there yeah, <laughs> to do it. <laughs> if you're in a small village or town and yeah. your best instructor in town is karate, you should go and do karate. Yes. You know, there might be someone who teaches a superior system down the road, but you know, if they're no good, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's so much is down to the practitioner. Yeah. Speaking of styles, Christian, yeah. how did you find the transition from like Win Chung to JKD and now BJJ, you're getting pretty, pretty good at that as well. Did you find there to be a lot of synergies, like similarities? Did you throw things away like Bruce Lee did? Yeah, it's funny. So the last, I think, two years or three years ago, I'm... Uh, I took also the Wing Chun school over from my former trainer. And then uh, after that, I, I thought, hmm, maybe I need some more knowledge and I want to maybe get some more information about that. And I moved to another lineage. So it's the Wang Chun Leong lineage. Before I did Loing Ting Wing Chun and now I do another style. And it's funny because this style has a lot in common with JKD. So the stance is... Even with my trainer, with my current trainer, the stance is very close to each other. There are some ideas. And even with BJJ, so the overall general things is like alignment, uh, structure, uh, uh, relaxation fits everywhere. Yeah. So in JGD, when you're not relaxed, when you're not in line, when you're not structurally correct in precision, you cannot connect with your opponent really. And it's the same in BJJ on the floor. I'm 65 kilos. So my training partners are like at least 10 kilos more than I. And most of the guys are about 90 to 100 kilos. So it's like 30 to 40 kilos difference. Then you cannot really rely on strength. You have to rely on this technique and these aspects. And uh, speed was the problem for me in the beginning on the ground. Because with JGD and with Rick Jung, you think speed is everything. You train speed, 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 speed. When you hit fast, it's good. But then you think after a while, no, speed is nothing. You need timing. <laughs> yeah, You need the timing yeah. to do it in the right moment, not fast. You can do it fast, but hey, I have to do it in the right moment when it's also very important. And that's really what I see the connection between every martial arts. It's even with one of my students. Uh, you met him is um, Max from Nuremberg. Uh, he was also at the seminar and he visited the garage two years ago or three years ago for one session. He does uh, some Sicilian knife fighting. Have you heard about that? Mm -hmm. So like the Italian yes. knife fighting and he does some HEMA, like historical martial arts. Yeah. And when we discuss about things like that, there are a lot of things that all martial arts have in common, even if they're 500 years old. Yeah. And it's really nice. You say your uh, English isn't amazing, but that was way more articulate than anything I could ever have said. <laughs> In terms of your introduction to the Wednesday night yeah. group, you did the JKD Chinatown lessons that we've kind of advocated on this show at times. Yeah. You've kind of become a bit of a poster boy for that mm -hmm. system in terms of you've made their online training you know, work and like you've maybe been able to take it a bit further than others. Would you recommend that training to others and... Or do you think you're like almost like a bit of a freak of nature that you've managed to become a great trainer off an online training platform? Um, I think it's it's a very good source for get information, for get ideas. 
but you have to train it and that's all this is usually a problem you can go yeah. to youtube you can you can see everything when i you know i'm a purple vet in bjj so i can like get 500 techniques for purple vets now if i want to but when i go on monday on the mat i don't know nothing from that yeah because you have to yeah. train it and it's the same with jkd i had yeah. guys who come to my school ask for private training and ask me okay you a guy from the wednesday night group can you certify me I'm doing Wing Chun, Taekwondo, and whatever. So I almost know JGD. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what they think. Yeah, and yeah. it's a problem nowadays. Yeah, you you had guys like that Nicholas guy coming over from Greece, right? Yeah, but he's still training and uh, he's still in touch with me. So I think he's a good. I think he's a reliable guy. He stuck at it. I remember he got injured, but he kept going, which yeah. I think is like the right. You know, he could have walked away and got depressed, but he kept come, coming back. Yeah. yeah, he was a bit disappointed because two days before he trained with me and I did some sparring with him. And then, yeah, maybe I smacked him a few times too hard. He's not used to that. I don't know. Can I say real quick, too, that Christian started with, uh, with the Chinatown JKD, but he immediately got in touch with me and started training, like not just at the seminar, but he flew out to the United States multiple yeah. times, yeah. trained with me. He had sessions with Mike Blesh. He worked with Dennis. Uh, private sessions sometimes, the three of us together. And he's then he's been flying me out there, Dennis out there. And like he's made that effort to physically be part of our group. I'm very proud of that series. Uh, you know, that's yeah. the, the Chinatown JKD series was, was great. I think for an online video series, it's probably one of the best to put together to really give people access to the information. In fact, we overdid it, did the information so that people, because when you teach somebody in person, you I throw stuff away that I don't think works quite as well for my body type sometimes. And I don't get back around to it for maybe a couple of years. And I say, well, you, you know, maybe you guys can do this. On video, we try to put more stuff that they can experiment with. But yeah, Christian has been part of the group now and really working with us in person. And then you've, you've had that experience, Tom, with him as well. I mean, my experience of Christian in 2014 was he was quite linear and, and he did that Wing Chun chain punch. And I was like, once he did that, I was thinking, that's not very JKD. Like, our guys probably wouldn't do that. And then, like, since I've trained with him recently, you know, I, I got on well with Christian back then. But it's like, since I've trained him recently, it's the, it's the cutting angles and shifting off the line that he does so quickly. And the going under and over, there's like... You know, you, you clearly had something that worked for you back then, but now you've got so many more. You've got so many uh, you know, strings to your bow. Wait, tricks in your bag? Uh... Yeah, you've got, no, you've got a lot. And you're, you're just very, very fast. And yeah, he moves around very well. Made me feel slow at times, which um, I'm getting older. I think you weigh about 200 kilos or something. So that's normal. What is that, like 20 pounds? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like 12-year-old girl. No, uh, <laughs> But what was really good for before I came to the U.S., so I studied the whole level one material and I did it and I trained it every Sunday with one of my students. And I said, you can train with me, hold my pad and I will do to get the stuff down. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of it. Yeah. And then it was easier to come to the U.S. and you just have to show me some details and correct some minor things, not the real major things. And the problem is when some guys think they go to the U.S., train with you for like two days and they get an instructor certificate yeah. and they never trained it before, it's not possible. It's no. impossible because you're not able to do these real movements how it should be done. Yeah? 
Right. Yeah. You should speak in front of all of our seminars, you know, because I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, it's great because, you know, what, no, what's funny is that people want only new things. And JKD is about, like you said, you have to train it. Now, we have to be as instructors, we have to be able to show them things in different ways. Right. So it's not boring, but and, and I've I've gotten good at that, I think, over the years. But the uh, people want to they, they show up to one event, they see what you show them, they come to a next event and they think, OK, now give me something new. Give me something new to, yeah. to learn. And they haven't even learned what you showed them. And see, Bruce Lee called that making it your own. Mm-hmm. When you get something where you don't even care what the name is because it's part of you, it just flows out of you. And so what you said there was was exactly right. You didn't say, OK, I've seen the videos. Now let's see what they can show me in person. You worked it. And worked it, and, and then you came and saw us. What really impressed me that uh, it goes a little bit back to your question, Tom. Before, so what really impressed me at the first seminar was there were guys like uh, Jeremy or Dennis who came to me and gave me some details, and they worked for me even I'm not the same body type, mm. and it's really impressive for me. So like when a big guy is able to correct me and say, "Hey, you're a small guy." put this detail into your toolbox and it works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're way better. And that's good because usually a big guy is just a big guy and just punches you. And yeah, I'm big. I don't care about technique. <laughs> I just punch you yeah, because I'm big. Yeah. What were your impressions of those guys like Jeremy, Dennis, uh, Tim, Vince, etc.? Mr. Lynch is a funny, a funny guy, very open-minded. And I think the first evening you were sitting with Brand at the mm. at the table and i was there by myself and you just uh, waved me over and said hey come sit down eat with us that was very nice very welcoming yeah it was at the point where i immediately fell in love with you and yeah. uh, well i'm a hell of a guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> no and uh, okay dennis is different yeah yeah he's a terrible dennis. guy <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no dennis uh, now i have a really good connection with him but of course, uh, yeah. he's uh He's like uh, in in German we say like a like a hard nut. Mm-hmm. You say that in English? <laughs> hard nut to crack, yeah. In the beginning, he's a bit a little bit more reserved. Yeah, Vince moves different. That's what I think all the time when I see him move. When I see you move, they do a different style of jiggity. That's Have what you I gotten think. to know Vince too? I mean, I know that he was a lot of times. He's with a lot of the non-English speaking people there because he speaks multiple languages. I, I don't know. Did you ever get to really know Vince very well? Uh, not very, not not in person, but I trained with him in uh, Las Vegas and also right. at the camp. I think he was also in Atlantic City. Oh, Vince is always there. Yeah, he's always there. Yeah, and I also was in uh, Sicily. When I see Vince move, it's like you see Bruce Lee, right? In terms of, like the the footwork, yeah. there's a great deal of value for that. I think if you set the gold standard to look like Bruce Lee, um, then you you guys are putting me off and I edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think Christmas had a few whiskeys yeah. too. <laughs> no, I, you know, I don't drink. I know. Just want to add something for you, my friend. Yeah, bros. Jeremy, I'm a vegetarian now. Oh, oh great. Yeah, now. Vegan or vegetarian? Almost vegan because I don't drink milk and all this shit, yeah. You can't drop cheese or eggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the way I am. Try to stay low on cheese, but I have not been yeah. successful. <laughs> Tom's just going to cut this. Well, part now off. I've got to rem- try and remember where I was <laughs> after like five beers and two whiskeys. You were telling Jeremy how, how awesome he is. No, I was, 
what I was going to say is, if the gold standard of JKD is to look like Bruce Lee, then if you have certain body types or characteristics, then you're never going to achieve that gold standard. Whereas if JKD is to make the most of what your body is, then it's it's an achievable goal for everyone. So if you're a big fat guy, you know you could still have some JKD because you still you're you're still making what works for you. Yeah, use your attributes. I just don't have great flexibility, particularly around my hips. And Jeremy's laughing at me now, but it's like and he gets like loads of injuries because he can he can kick as high as the ceiling, but because he's done it too much, his body's falling apart. So last laughs on him. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, my point is, and I'm getting sidetracked, but I'm not going to achieve that goal. But I feel when I looked at the Wednesday night group as a collective, mm. I could see people that I could aspire to be like. And that might be to be like Jim McCann in some respects, yeah. to be like Jeremy and others and stuff like that. But um, yeah, Dennis Blue is like, he's an introvert and he's kind of got to become an extrovert to be the leader of this group. Mm. And I don't know if he's capable of doing that, but. I will be behind him every step of the way because I, I I just love that man. He's just like an incredible human being and the talent that he's got, like people in the UK will say, why would you bother to get someone over from America? We've got great martial artists here and that's 100% true. But, you know, Dennis Blue and uh, Pat O'Malley, who I train with in, in FMA, they're like the most talented people I've seen. And, you know, if they were in other countries, I'll, I'll travel to see them. And then and then the rest of the guys, you know, it's, it's a brotherhood. Anyway, this show is about interviewing you, Chris. No problem. Sorry, yeah, I've, it's I've, fine. Got, I've monologued there. <laughs> Christian, I'll, yeah. I want to talk about something that's probably quite deep to your heart. <laughs> oh, my God. That we talk about. It's controversial as well. And it's about certification and instructorship. Mm-hmm. You are a talented guy. You've been around since 2014 with the group. You have a lower rank of instructorship. Regardless if a listener is a JKD practitioner or something else, but they will have aspirations and probably relate to the the fact of like, you need to know what it is that you have to do to become qualified. Do you feel that's clear to you? Regarding our group, you mean? Yeah. I think it's not very clear because uh, before it seems like if someone is around and uh, it's well accepted in the group, gets a certificate or not, it depends. Yeah, and maybe he has to ask or maybe he gets uh, pushed in that position. I, it's not really clear what you have to do now. I'm a typical German guy. I usually always like to do, okay, you have to do this. You can achieve this. And uh, that's that's a good thing. Usually, <laughs> yeah. I never did that before. I when I started as a teacher, I thought, oh my god, this belt system, fuck that. We just train and punch each other. And then after a while, when my students' uh, amount of students increased, I decided I have to do some level rankings or something. And the quality got better. The you quality got gonna- better because. Before, we, maybe they train for the first level one and a half years. Yeah? Yeah. And then I say, okay, you're ready. You can test. And then we see what is missing in them. Because I also have some trapping in my curriculum and all the stuff. But I really don't 
do it that much in training. But then we have time, like six months before the test, and then we do it. We train everything. We train all the drills. We train all the stuff. And then they have to explain it on a test. And the, for the first time, they really have to think about this technique. And then they realize how it's about, yeah, how does it work, yeah. I took on rapid harness because yeah. I felt there was a lack of clarity in this in the JKD Wednesday night group stuff around what needed to be done. And frankly, I wanted to get a belt. I think next week I'm, I'm hopefully having Sean King on yeah. at the show and he took on BJJ for the same reason. So Jeremy, without being a spokesman for necessarily the whole group or, you know, f- frankly, I'm going to be a spokesman for the whole group. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have concerns about the lack of clarity? Or do you think actually it's a great thing what the Wednesday night group has done where at a certain stage they say, right, you're good enough? We've definitely got an area to work on. But And let's clarify, Christian is actually certified under me as opposed to the Wednesday night group. So there is more clarity under directly under me because I have my own qualifications and certifications uh, process. The Wednesday night group, remember, originally was Tim Tackett. Yeah. Uh, we honestly never had a uh, a book of, of like what you were saying, a syllabus when we, when we were meeting before, of what needs each level needs to have before they move to from one level to another. And that's what Dennis and I and, and Vince Ramundi are working on now with you. And it's it's way overdue, of course. And the problem is, you know, many of us don't do this for a business. Yeah. You know, it, but but. Even, yeah, when I became an instructor, I had fought in the ring a few times. I'd kickboxed a couple of times. I'd kind of shown that I could do it. I worked directly with Bob Bremer, with Jim Sewell, with Tim Tackett, with Dennis, and with uh, Burt Poe and Sonny Bygum, who are also, they weren't JG, JKD guys, but they were a huge influence because of their military and, and just street uh, background. Uh, and just that was kind of the things like as you saw that we could kick ass and we and we recognized everything. It was like, okay, I think you can be, I was interested in opening a class. You can open a class. But when you actually start to make a structured organization, that doesn't work. Because then you have to have other people under you that can make those decisions as well. And if you're more lenient than I am, you know, then then let's, you can have 13 instructors under you and I have one and they may only know half the stuff. And so that is something that we're working on uh, right now with you, in fact. I think that only good can come from it because we need to hold people to a standard so that it does. So our, our quality doesn't go downhill, but uh, it also gives people a goal to shoot for. And that, and that's, that's been a big problem. So people also before have sort of maybe come in one day and impressed with something, you know, Hey, I, uh, he's, he's a pretty hard hitter. And then people get confused with saying, I, I'm part of the group. If a guy already owns a school, let's say, and we like him and he's part of our group, sometimes that comes off as being, you're an instructor under us. And that's kind of how it moved on. And so these are clarifications and, and distinctions that we never really made because, you know, we were just guys training. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did a great job at training. And now we're trying to be more organized, which we've never been good at, but we're, we're going to be. <laughs> we're going to be. Yeah. Now. Yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope to do it. Yeah, when you when you boost it up too much, yeah. Now it's good because it's a small elite group who trains, who usually stand for some kind of quality, yeah, which is good. But when the the promotion is based on how close is the connection, how good do you like 
or does the instructor like you? That's not really good. So it has to be a little bit of both. So the group has to accept you as a student, also accept the trainer, yeah, because you 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 uh, promote yourself with this name, and also you have to be able to to do the stuff. It doesn't make any sense when I do whatever style of JGD. And I never trained the stuff that the Wednesday night group does. And I want to have a certificate from the Wednesday night group. And then I want to train but the same stuff that I did before. It doesn't make any sense. It's just to make your own legend, yeah. When I was a kid, my brother did martial arts. And, you know, he'd wear the white pajamas. (laughs) 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 And, you know, he'd have his, like, yellow and his green belt and things like that. And I thought it was lame, really. And... I don't think I would ever have got into martial arts if it was that formal. And I found JKD and it was informal. And when we started off, particularly with Lack and I back in 2007, you know, it took a little while before we even had things like uniform. We didn't use the term seafood for about three or four years. I loved that at first. And and I don't think Mm -hmm. I would have got into martial arts without it. But the longer time has gone on, the more I've sort of, warmed towards that level of discipline and you know as I say I took on the rapid honest stuff because I felt I need to get certified I need to have that thing where it's like if you do x y and z you will get this and I think the Wednesday night group is battling between this amazing informal history of training in a garage in California with what it maybe needs to grow to be, which is a global organization with some sort of like fees and belt system and et cetera, or whatever it might be. Um, and I think it's it's a difficult challenge that you guys face at the moment. Plus, in the light of there's so much competition now. Yeah, with other martial arts. You mean? There's other JKD groups with less history, less lineage, less quality are much better advertised yeah in fact we we still don't advertise the wednesday night group doesn't have an ad anywhere people find us because they search for us in the area they call somebody and they get told the address and if we were doing it as a business we'd probably have a lot more students and maybe who knows maybe lower quality when i'm actually at my work when i'm actually driving because now i've been working at home i drive two hours a day and then i come home and teach but if we put all this time into getting tons of students in and out and paying and, and when it becomes more about the money, it becomes less about the training, I think. Uh, although I like the money. <laughs> yeah, show me the money. Christian, a couple more questions. Sure. You are, I'm almost 40, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say. But you and I, I guess, are the future of instructors in, in this system. I know there's like some modernization, restructuring going on in the Wednesday night group at the moment what do you think that might look like and what do you hope it might achieve i hope it looks like that we have a a basic curriculum then we all can agree on that we meet almost regularly like every two year or every year when we do a seminar what we can teach which is not so strict that every instructor can add his own flavor i think this is necessary because we all have different mentalities and different countries. So, and sometimes we like different things, Yeah. but the basics has to be the same. And I hope that we are uh, getting professional, professional with marketing, professional. I don't, I don't talk about money. Money is not the thing, but we have to be seen as a unit and try to avoid 
guys who just want to add the name on their homepage and say, oh, yeah, I'm uh, associated with a with Wednesday night group and I trained with them and I also a part of that. Yeah. I think this is not good, yeah? To get rid of the dirt, to get in the good guys and hopefully by the time we get new guys. And that's what I try to do here. So I have a few private students who come to, to my school every month who train with me from different cities. Currently, I have three. One is from Frankfurt. One is from uh, Günzburg, I guess. The other one is from Nuremberg. And they come, we train together, and they try to achieve the knowledge. We don't do an instructor certificate course. We do a trainer workshop. And when they're good enough, they can get yeah. something. But they have to train. It's not like, oh, yeah, you pay me 1000 bucks, you get 30 hours of information, and then you get something. No, no. You have to train as long as it takes. And then when you, when you have it, you get something. Yeah, you've got quite a good network of people over there as well, like Robert Kroll yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're good guys. Yeah. Um, Thomas, you're yeah. one of your students, stuff like that. Yes. You were going to do a pretty big seminar in, in Rothenburg. Yeah. This... Die Tauber. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'm saying that right. <laughs> Almost. Almost. Very kind. That had to get cancelled because of COVID. I'm still waiting for my money back from the fucking yeah. airline, Ryanair. Are we going to rearrange that for next year? I guess, yeah. So my idea is um, to do something like that at least every other year, if it works out. And uh, we made a really good network here the last few years with the first seminar with, with you, Jeremy, and then we had the seminar with you and Octavio, and we had Dennis over, and this year you and Dennis was the, was the plan. We have guys who came at the first seminar, and they came to the second, to the third, and to the fourth. Yeah? And that's pretty nice. So I think we... We are doing a good job to get information. They like how we present this stuff and how we do it. Not with ego, not with bashing other styles and think we are the best. Just to have a good seminar, structured, seems yeah. professional, and that's it. And I think we, will, we have to do this in the future. Otherwise, our art will die out. Yeah. Because when no one trains it, who cares about it? Yeah, they watch the UFC and think that's it. That's fine. You know? Oh, I know. That's the thing. So we have to do it. Yeah? Listeners, if you can make it to, to Rothenburg, Uda Tauba. Up the Tauba, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like I said. <laughs> yeah. If you can make it over there, honestly, it's the most beautiful little town and fantastic training. And I'm sure as soon as, you know, we have like a bit of light at the end of the tunnel on COVID, that'll be yeah. rearranged and, and make it as big as we can. Christian, my final question for you, unless Jeremy has anything is what does the future hold? My future, from the beginning of September, i uh, going part-time. I'm just working 70%, which is pretty fine. <laughs> and then I try to train more, yeah? train more, have more time for myself, also for my kid and my wife, sure. And uh, I want to improve the training, the way I train, and uh, I want to try to get more students, also for the private training. Yeah. And I hope I have more time Maybe uh, to visit some of you. You haven't come over to London. You love California, don't you? Been to London, but not for training, yeah. Everyone loves California. No one loves London. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, no, I love London. But actually, I owe my wife a birthday present, yeah. And it was um, a voucher for London, for a visit to London. But, you know, the COVID thing and uh, the Brexit doesn't make it easier, true, yeah. True. I've just got my new passport through that's not an eu one you're proud or not no 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 no, no. <laughs>
No, it's going to make life <laughs> oh, difficult. Yeah. Although I can get an Irish passport thanks to my dad, so it's all, all I can have both if I want. Jeremy, go on, get, sign us out with like a, a good Austin Powers or something like that. You have been listening to Primal Radio. Yeah, it's like this is Tom. Right, this is Tom. Oh, I'm really not bothered what this show's about, but it, we're going to get to it right away. And uh, hope to see you all safe. And you know, uh, I'll go at it. Right. <laughs> that wasn't me, <laughs> honest. <laughs> How can people get hold of you both? So, Jeremy, you start. You're the older one. Uh, I'm not that much older. Yeah, hit me up on Facebook. If you ever look for Jeremy Lynch, JKD, you'll always find Facebook, me. granddad. <laughs> there was a Jeremy Lynch on Britain's Got Talent. So it used to be if you just looked for me on the internet, you would find me. But he knocked me down off of that. But uh, yeah, Facebook, Wednesday night, uh, all of the Wednesday night group on Facebook also. And uh, there's Twitter and all that stuff. But don't TikTok, bother. <laughs> Snapchat. <laughs> uh, if you want, <laughs> I'll probably check it once a year. <laughs> I'll just get in. Yeah. Christian? Yeah, so you uh, will find some information about me on my website. It's uh, jgd-trainer.de. So pretty easy. And uh, and also Kampfkunst Rotenburg. So it means martial arts Rotenburg. It's also our website. And you'll find us also on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere. And just write me a message if you're interested. And then we yeah. can meet. <laughs> so you're our first German guest. And very privileged to have you on the show mate and uh, i look forward to seeing you soon thank you it was a pleasure for me all right peace out guys You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.